0: It's Dr. Stew's Podcast at drstuspodcast.com. Thanks for joining us. I'm Brian Whitman with my friend, Dr. Stuart Fishbein. Go to iTunes, subscribe. You can get this podcast on iTunes. Five stars. five. That's all. we And subscribe. And a nice review, by the way. You can write a nice review. There's nothing wrong with that. Dr. Stew, great to see you again. Good to see you. By the way, it's
1: badass, Dr. Stew. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. That, that is really sort of the new moniker for Dr. Yes. Stu. Uh, yes. Moments our, our, ago. Our, our
1: guest uh, just... Uh, Labeled me a badass, so I, lo- I like badass. <laughs>
0: yeah, which I mean, I've known you a long time. I've never, I never thought badass. I thought opinionated, renegade. Yep. Doctor Stew. breaking badass. That's there. <laughs> you go. That's perfect. And our guest is Patricia Grube. She is an author. She is a doula, and she thinks Doctor Stu is a badass.
2: I, I, yeah, <laughs> amazing.
0: let put that mic right out here, if you can. That's great.
2: Dr. Stu, yes. you're badass. That's all <laughs> I have to say. You know, I the first time I worked with Dr. Stu was actually in the delivery of a breech baby, vaginal breech baby, all natural. And it was as if there was God in the room. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really? So Re- no, really. And then afterwards, you're like, okay, let's go get some burgers. You know, like nothing. <laughs>
1: well, yeah. it sort of well, is. That's that's. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't even know what to say to that. I mean, obviously, I'm flattered beyond belief. But, but you know, I. I, I yeah, tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't heard a bad <laughs> yeah. thing yet. Actually, really. Tell tell me more. I want to hear a little bit more about that that birth. From your well, perspective.
2: From my pers- <laughs> well, from my perspective, where were we? we were at, when you were at the hospital, where was that it's hospital?
1: Probably Cedars, probably? No,
2: no. Um, beautiful location.
1: Oh, Pleasant Valley, up in uh, Camarillo.
2: Yes, Camarillo. Oh, Camarillo.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah. So Isn't it interesting? Uh, uh, and Patricia, your book, by the way, is called Posh Push. And if folks are interested, it's available on Amazon. Posh push.com it's a new book modern girls reveal secrets for a more natural birth and before we get to the book and before we get to your work as a doula you had a baby you have a son 10 years old
2: i do his name is xavier well
0: oh, that's a nice name Thank isn't that you. a nice name with an x
2: with an x yes nice. how and sort
0: of uh very powerful. european it's yeah. a european name it's very right. powerful
1: it,
2: it actually that wasn't how he found his name uh, it was a month before my due date and we didn't have a name that we agreed on the NCAA's we're on Xavier <laughs> University was playing, and we're like, how about Xavier? Why not?"
1: Good thing it wasn't El Paso State playing. Yeah, right. <laughs>
0: Isn't that funny? Oh my gosh! Really, come here, it's El Paso. It's <laughs> you know, we talked on a, on a podcast. Um, That's so funny. Not too long ago, about how uh, Dr. Sue was making the point that you know some moms, new moms, dads, families, they can go a long time without actually having a name, and it was my position that when that baby is born that baby needs to have a name because there's identity and there's strength associated with the name especially a beautiful name like Xavier right
1: yeah. yeah I think that I think that we uh, that some parents know the name they want to give their baby because there's a tradition or there's a family history or they've come up with a boy's name and a girl's name and other families just they want to look at the baby first And they want to see What the baby's like And I told you That one person I, I know it took Almost three months To uh, give their baby a name See that's
0: too long I mean 90 days A baby's around For 90 days without a name Yeah what yeah, are you calling with, you At that point yeah, Mom pull it together At that yeah, point Yeah I'm I mean, stuck With all the paperwork some, you know, Let's make some decisions Oh I mean, at this you. point. Right Oh that kid Is really something else
1: It's the baby The baby's crying The baby's this The baby's hungry
0: By the way what percentage Very quickly It's just a thought I'm having Dr. Stu Of babies Or, or, or moms how many today in 2013 choose to know the sex of their baby, the gender, before they have their baby? Oh, I would Seems say everybody. I would right? say
1: more than half. Oh, and it's not as many as you think, at least in, in, in my particular practice. I think, again, if you're in the medical practice, I think that there's a lot more just it's routine and they find out and stuff like that. But in the home birthing world, I would say that it's probably about 60-40, 60% want to know and 40% don't want to know. And, of course,
0: the doctor knows and everybody knows, but then you can't. You have to sort of choose your pronouns you can't choose a pronoun when you're talking the doctor may
1: not know either especially if they farm out the ultrasound to some uh uh, radiology group or maternal fetal medicine specialist that they just say do not tell the sex the report's going to say uh you know that the sex was determined but will not be reported
0: interesting and patricia our guest patricia grube again her book is called posh push you indicated a moment ago we talked about your son 10 years ago you're obviously support home birthing
1: now you're a doula
2: absolutely if i were pregnant today I would have a home birth, water birth.
1: But <laughs> what was that your wasn't mind- the case yeah. 10 years ago. What, what was your
2: mindset 10 well, okay, years ago? So 10 years ago, okay, I was a paralegal, contracts paralegal. I used to work for TRW. Okay. Um, aerospace. Yep. And so I was a different person. I was negotiating contracts for the federal government. And the thought of a home birth just was so foreign to me.
0: Did someone suggest it to you 10 years ago? Was it was it something I you... Was it my, on I, your radar screen? Yeah. Even well, I
2: had one friend who did home birth, and um, she was my weird hippie friend, you know? <laughs> right. And Everybody has one. <laughs> Incidentally, she cooks placentas, and I, <laughs> oh, I, oh. Oh, I wow. send my There's clients to guest. her. Yeah. I send my clients to her if they want to encapsulate their placenta, so she's still that hippie friend, right. way ahead of her time. Um so I went to a hospital in the South Bay and, and gave birth, but I still gave birth more naturally than had I not. And that was extreme for me.
0: And does more naturally in the hospital mean that to the exclusion of a lot of drugs or medication or, or, or pain medication or I mean, is it what does that mean more naturally in the hospital? What's that? What's that look like when that happens? Yeah, what? Is, yeah,
1: okay, describe so, what you mean by a natural birth uh, in the hospital because and a that's more a natural
2: th- birth. That see that we the insertion of that word more natural birth into the title yeah. was a way of um, creating inclusion of for women. Yeah. It's not just like the all natural and the the knots. You know,
0: that's a middle point,
2: right? Yeah. And and for us, we advocate that. Um, if you can get to six centimeters before you have an epidural, wonderful. You know, the more you can delay and wait, the better the outcomes are going to be.
0: Patricia, in in your in your view, we talk about home birthing and your doula. What is the parents who choose moms who choose home birthing? What to what extent is the removal of sort of? Drugs that the baby will, you know, the, the, uh, uh, obviously, you know, you give mom a drug, the baby's going to experience that, right? I mean, it's going to Doctor Stewart. It medically. depends. It, it
1: depends. I mean, everything theoretically crosses the placenta, but local or regional anesthesia is absorbed very limitedly into the bloodstream.
0: Is it a big deal that uh, you know moms who choose home birthing don't want drugs involved? Is that? It's it that a, a big part of it.
2: It is. Yeah.
1: yeah, I think that I think that most women who who want to avoid medication do so on the theory that they don't want any of this stuff to cross the placenta or anything. I mean, there's other things involved with drugs that, that affect the mother's you know, blood pressure and other things indirectly that are going to affect the baby too. So there's a lot of reasons why women would choose not to have drugs. Did you end up having an epidural? Or? So
2: what happened in my case was my baby was posterior, which means sunny side up facing the wrong way. It means
1: eyes are looking toward the ceiling. And if in the typical... Position that most women are delivering at in the hospital, which is called the dorsal lithotomy position. I'm assuming that that's the position they had you in. When it's you different were from a
0: breach, right? Forgive me as the layperson here. Yeah, it's the head from- is down, but okay. instead
1: of the head usually coming into the pelvis sideways or the baby sort of looking at the floor, the baby's head is if the eye, the face is looking upwards, which means the back of the head or the big part of the head. Which Brian, you know, you have a yeah, big sure. Head. My, you, my you mom used to say, Brian, you yeah. have that
0: beautiful head. Brian, right. you got that beautiful big. But that brown. big part of the head is pushing yeah. more
1: on the sacrum, and it's, it's probably it's more uncomfortable. It's a slower, tends to be a slower process.
2: Mm. It okay. was it was twenty six hours of natural, completely natural, without any pain medication, and at hour twenty six. Uh, back then at little company of mary hospital anesthesiologists would go home at midnight it's changed now now they're there 24 7 but they would go home at midnight and i remember wow that, that's
0: so odd to me that they would <laughs> go home isn't that weird
2: and yeah, I time's re- up
0: punch the clock right
2: Why? and that the doctor came to check on me at eleven forty-five p.m and i said nope and i sent him home Then um, I was stuck at seven centimeters dilation for about four hours, and it was my nurse, who used to be a midwife in Australia, who said to me, you know, it's C-section, or if the last trick in the book is have an epidural, maybe you'll rest, maybe the baby will rotate, maybe you'll have a vaginal birth. And... I remember that moment because I had to just, right then and there, put my ego down, <laughs> and I looked at everybody in the room, my husband, my sister, my friend, and I said to them, you know. Just so we're clear, it's not for the pain, you know. Yeah. And, and it just is that moment of surrender. Yeah. And we had to call him back, the doctor, and he came back around one-ish. And I felt really bad for him that I sent him home and now he's back. And um, gave me an epidural and it wasn't as scary as I thought it was going to be. Mm. And I felt my baby, and it was a light dose. So I advocate if you're going to do epidural, try for a light dose. Because you could always add drugs to it can't take them back but you can't take it back so and he stood right there and i felt my baby's head rotate into my pelvis like a cor- corkscrew mm-hmm. and slide down and um easy so, at that
0: point forgive me if i e- e- easy
2: at that point uh yes i yeah. could i was happy that i could still feel the waves mm-hmm. that i could still feel that's yeah, I-
1: a lot of women say that you know it's really important to feel that the difference between someone who has an epidural where they're completely numb and someone who's unmedicated or barely medicated is that you can actually feel your ba- their babies can feel them coming down the pelvis, mm-hmm. and the fact that she could feel the baby rotate is is not an uncommon thing. By the way, when people are stalled out, I mean we talk a lot about you know natural birth and home birth, and you know we sort of are critical of hospital birthing, but there are times like in this particular time where an epidural was the godsend for you, and it, without an epidural you would have definitely gone to C-section. Mm-hmm. With an epidural and a patient physician or a patient. Uh, a b- healthcare team, they were willing to wait those four hours while you were stuck at seven centimeters, rather than talk you out of it. And that once you got an epidural, they were willing to wait. The baby just rotated and came down, and, and probably didn't take much long, longer I, after I pushed.
2: That. I pushed him out in fifteen minutes, so oh, he wow. was born at two fifteen a.m.
1: So an hour after you got your yeah, epidural, he was exactly. born. Exactly two hours. Two would and a half had hours had a after the doctor went home, the first time.
2: <laughs> I would have. I would have had a C-section if I did not. Right. And and um, it was a compassionate use of an epidural.
0: One of the interesting things, Patricia, that that you do, in addition to writing books, in addition to being a doula, you do yoga.
2: Pregnancy yoga.
0: Pregnancy okay, now pregnancy yoga, I would assume, and I'm I'm a lay person. I would assume it is much more restricted than, say, sort of traditional yoga, right? I mean, a mom can only a pregnant mom can only move so much, right? I mean, downward dog?
2: We can do, yes. Really?
1: Yeah, Brian, could you just demonstrate uh, that
2: for no, me? Right, yeah.
0: now? right, right, yeah. Uh, yeah then,
1: I want you to do Corkscrew, corkscrew Kitten right Oh, wow.
2: There we go, nice. Is that Randy really
1: doing? Uh, and he's
2: doing a great job.
1: I'll yeah. do a little downward dog. I've taken some uh, hot yoga before. Really? Well, Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, that's a good question, too. We're going to get more into the yoga because I'm curious because I know squat about yoga pretty much. And I get teased a lot by my midwife friends because I, I don't know much about it. But tell us uh, a lot of people always ask me is hot yoga. Which describe what that is by the way. How hot is it in the room? Oh it's and hot. Is, is it okay for pregnant women to be in hot yoga?
2: No. No. If we don't do hot yoga, no.
1: Okay. Yeah, I don't think that'd be safe for not a pregnant safe. woman, considering how So is it yet? not safe? Because I I don't I, I don't know the answer to that. Is it? If somebody asked me, Doctor Stu, can I do hot yoga during pregnancy? Should I tell them no, or should I say maybe in the first half of your pregnancy it's okay? Well, no, the second what half. What would, so would be the point?
2: You. What would be the point of doing hot yoga? Well, what's the point pregnant? of yoga?
1: Period. Well, how <laughs> hot is hot, really. Hot. Yeah, really. I mean, well, exa- well, here's the thing. I am going to get. Would you advise a pregnant woman to go in a sauna? Uh. No, and I would and I would probably tell people to go to hot I would yoga. tell people that they can go in a hot tub, but I always tell them not to be over about ninety eight to hundred degrees and to make sure at least a third of their body is out of the hot tub so they're not up to the neck. Well, that's a lot so of, they can cool. a lot of but, math. But in a sauna you can't do that, and I suppose in a hot yoga room you can't do yeah. that either.
0: Uh, Patricia, how hot is hot yeah. in the hot yoga room? I
2: mean, I, I don't know. I don't teach hot yoga. Oh, okay, I good. Pregnancy you know what? And, I knew I
0: liked you. Yeah. And
2: the thing is that with when you're pregnant, your body temperature is naturally warmer than, than not. Right?
1: Yeah, well it's not necessarily but you radiate a lot more heat. Right. Yeah, yeah.
2: And what's the point? I have I have to see as a yoga teacher, I have to ask that question to to women who become pregnant and want to continue their regular practice in yoga. You're doing now yoga for two when you're pregnant and We're so doing everything for two, you really. do it for two, which means you get rid of your alcohol, you get rid of your your lattes, you get rid of your cigarettes because you're pregnant. So when you're pregnant, why do hot yoga? You know, the whole, you know, that's
1: whole, a really good, that's a really right? good explanation. You know, I, I, people. I, I, I never to thought say, of that. When you're
0: 41 and a dude <laughs> on the radio, why do hot yoga? I mean, really? <laughs> I'm why? taking you to a hot yoga. <laughs> oh, please. Hot yoga. I would, I would
1: think, but I, Randy, but Randy, I mean, but uh, Brian, you're single. So you should do all the yoga you can, because you know what? It's like the ratio is unbelievable. It's ridiculous. Yes. Yeah, but
0: I got to be honest with you. I don't want to try that hard. I mean, I really don't. I'd be schwitzing in you the know yoga. It's, it's, and, but they'd be, it's, but it's they'd be nurturing. And...
1: <laughs> yeah, but they'd be all nurturing to you. They'd be all sweet to you. What yeah, do you think when yoga I pass out outside of uh, breathing and stretching.
0: Just <laughs> painful and sort of, I mean. <laughs> no, I, it's very comfortable. You know, a lot of people here in Los Angeles, obviously, Patricia, Bikram yoga. I'm sure that's a. That's the hot of yours, yoga, right?
2: That's the hot yoga. Oh, yes. okay.
0: So the yoga when when there's when there's a mom, a pregnant mom coming to yoga, tell us quickly how that's different from regular
2: okay. yoga. What's the point of pregnancy yoga is to assist the mom and her, with her body to help the baby move into optimal fetal positioning. Sure, to
0: get bones
2: in the right. Every I mean, hips open, uh-huh. um, head down. Right. The baby's head down, tummy to mummy. Uh, Those are things that you're not going to do in a regular class. You're not going to sit and do squats. Mm. Um, We do pregnancy yoga for endurance. I do kundalini yoga, which is uh, more for mental preparation, Mm. and it's to help them uh, raise their pain threshold.
0: I see. And a lot of moms doing mom yoga together, right? Pregnancy yoga
1: together.
2: And a community, yes.
0: And and that sort of obviously helps the whole process when you have a bunch of people doing it together. Yes. Right?
1: Yeah, and some yoga some yoga positions are, are really helpful for certain conditions in pregnancy as well, too. I mean, sometimes we send somebody to a chiropractor for something or to an acupuncturist for something. I know when I have people who are uh, breached at 35, 36 weeks, uh, before we start all the monkey business with chiropractic and acupuncture inversion and things like that, some of the times they, they, they just do uh, yoga positions, including Randy's specialty, Downward Dog. Which is, which is very impressive, man, by the way. With, I don't want to
0: gloss over that. What you did here a moment ago was very impressive. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I need you to know that. I'll show you more. Uh, you know, it's all right, But right. I'll it was, pigeon it. Uh, you what? I'll do a pigeon.
2: Oh.
1: Do you know what the pigeon is? Yes. All right, Randy's going to do a pigeon. All right. This is great on live radio, by the way. Yeah, I mean, no, this is great I, on radio. There's nothing
0: like, <laughs> quite like physical. It's like a Jerry Lewis sketch here. All right, so you, you, <laughs> your leg is bent. Yes.
2: Oh, wow. You're not supposed to know how to do that.
0: Uh, what's it? Uh, you right. Wolf, because a, little hard a man's gifts yeah.
2: are not as flexible as a woman's Well,
0: this picks. guy, you know, don't let this guy kid you. That's
1: pretty impressive. Yeah. Wow.
0: Wow, look at All that. All right, well, that,
1: well, well, back to the back.
0: <laughs> I don't know, really. I don't know how you did I don't know you could do that. I've known you a long time. I did not know that that was sort of, you know. Uh, you know, I'm a flexible human being. Yeah, yeah. I-, I didn't really think of that. That is either. pretty darn
2: cool. Yeah, that- That's
0: after only like three or four classes. Pretty good, right, Patricia? Awesome. All right, so tell us about Posh Push. That is your book. It's available on Amazon, and the subtitle is Modern Girls Reveal Secrets for a More Natural Birth. And the mom on the cover of your book is all blinged out. I mean, she is a very... 2013 mom
2: yes and she was one of my yoga mamas
0: oh she's a real mom and, yes this is not a model somebody I know this is somebody you know okay in class
2: yes we talk about four secrets in the book mm. to a more natural birth and the first secret is free your mind so the things that we have in our head about bad childbirth and looking at videos you know trying to clear the mind mm so that we remove fear, like your book, Fearless Childbirth. And the second secret is um, treat the body like a temple. Mm. So that's doing yoga, eating right.
0: It's not going to McDonald's at 3 Right. (laughs) By the way, these first two things, a clear mind and treating the body well, these are things that even people who aren't pregnant should be doing, right?
2: Exactly. And the third one, which is a big one, is choose your entourage wisely. Mm, I like that. That's (laughs) very, very important because when I get hired as a doula, I could only do so much for the client if she's already picked a doctor that's going to induce when she's three days overdue and and is going to be C-section happy. There's only so much I can do. So rule, first thing is pick your entourage wisely. And
0: and I'll say very quickly before we go on to the fourth secret. Choosing your entourage, I mean, talk about the doctors and the physicians involved and the midwife and the doula, but moms who are pregnant, the entourage is their girlfriends too right other other women who they talk to about pregnancy and i guess some women can be if they're not careful sort of insensitive with filling a new mom's head full of
2: bad stuff.
0: Is that fair?
2: That's fair and I purposely do not go to baby showers. I get invitations well. all the time. <laughs> I hate baby we have showers. That, we have that rule
1: also by the way. I <laughs> have that
2: rule. Well it's just you get women in a room. we don't
1: get invited. <laughs> yeah that's what I meant. You
2: get ru- women in a room and they're all going to talk about how horrible their birth was and oh. it's just not. I don't want to be that doula in the room. Yeah no. I guess it would be
1: kind of a toxic environment. <laughs> yes. It is, and, and we've talked about this many times before about how people, they say really stupid things. They're trying to be nice. They're trying to, uh, to connect with you in some way, like the lady at the checkout stand at the grocery store. Yeah, it's not all mean-spirited. Who says you're either too big, you know, he says, you know, you tell them you're 30 weeks long. Oh, I thought you were 36 weeks. You know, that sort of uh, silly things that they say. And when it comes to picking your entourage, uh, I also think that, remember, birth in the mammalian model is really supposed to be done by the woman by herself. Mm-hmm. They're not even supposed to have their spouse or their partner there. But we sort of as humans do that. But but having your mother-in-law in the house or at, at the hospital room or having Aunt Betty there or having 16 people waiting in the waiting room at the hospital while you're laboring... <laughs> And nobody wants to leave, and everybody—you know—they should all leave. They it's very keep.
0: stressful. Yeah,
1: it's, that sort of thing inhibits natural labor from progressing normally. Yeah, very quickly. Before we get Patricia to the fourth secret,
0: a friend of mine who recently had a baby just about a month ago, and she had her baby at home. She was commenting, and I thought it was interesting. You sort of—you uh, talk about you know the entourage and all of this for a week after they had their baby. No visitors. Mm. It was mom, Dad and their baby girl. and that's all it was. For one week. They, even their, even even you know, family, mom and dad, didn't come in for a week. They had that week of real quiet and calm and serenity with their baby in their home for a full week after they had their baby at home.
1: These are obviously strong people who are willing to take criticism from their family <laughs> later on. Because I'm sure that there are people who think that's really strange. But I think it's a it's a it's a it's a really good idea if it fits their model of parenting and their care. Because really, it is time to bond the family unit and to. Uh, Get used to that whole new setting without all the interruptions. Yeah, really. I mean, uh, for lack
0: of saying it more succinctly, they put out a do not disturb sign and said, you know what? We want this week with our baby. So what's that fourth secret of uh, of uh, natural birth for moms in Posh Push?
2: Um, I'll, before I move on to that one, can I add a little bit more to the entourage? Of course. Because sure. you might get that a lot, Dr. Stewart, that um, Fishbein. <laughs> when- <laughs> That's my last MD- name, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> specializing in OBGYN.
0: That's right.
1: Yeah, you forgot that badass. <laughs> with
2: the with with the entourage, really, less is more. Less is more. So I, I so what I does an entourage? What's an entourage? I recommend to my clients that tell no one when they start labor. Barely tell the husband. You know, don't wake up the husband in the middle of the night. So
0: don't put a Facebook status. I'm going no, into labor. No, 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 no. because don't that will it. slow
2: things down. Really? Yes,
0: it does. You don't want a live tweet of birth? No, I don't no. know. But it's interesting that. Uh, but it would seem to me that maybe when mom goes into labor, she wants that support, right? So to let a few people know is sort of maybe, no. Yeah.
2: No, because then they want to show up and there's nothing. <laughs> it tortures yeah. the mother-in-law to know that a baby's coming and she can't be in the room. And so then if it might create getting...
0: friction for later on in the relationship. Mother-in-law will never forget that she wouldn't let me come to the hospital when she was in labor. Just don't
2: tell anybody. Yeah,
1: these, are, these all go back to the basic mammalian model. I keep, I keep coming to this in almost every show that we do. Is that, it, it, you know, when the cat's in labor, the cat doesn't go around meowing to the neighborhood to tell everybody that, Cat just goes off quietly by itself and, and is in labor. Find the and it box, disappears. And good to go. It, yeah, it you know it doesn't look for the tough alley cat that uh, you know that got him that, that knocked her up. It just it basically just goes off by itself. It hasn't seen that. Now, alley I'm not cat saying in a long time. I'm not saying that that's perfect for everyone, but I think uh, Patricia's advice is really good here. Is that is that this is a private moment and it's and it, it does better when it's left. In that realm,
0: mm, that, that's very interesting. And what is that fourth the
1: secret? The
2: fourth secret is let the labor dance begin. So, allowing your body to go into labor on its own without time restrictions.
1: Mm. In other words, give like for an, for instance, whose time restrictions?
2: Well, less than two weeks.
1: Right. So you're saying don't get nervous if you're a week overdue. Don't start watching the clock. Don't don't start counting every Braxton Hicks contraction that you have in the evening and say maybe this is it. Maybe this is it. Just you just go about your business. And when then, it comes, and, and it comes. not
2: allowing to be induced if your if the mom is fine and the baby is fine. Mm. Mm.
1: Yeah, there there and that that is a standard rule. And the problem is is the definition of what's fine, is so is so vague sometimes and can be skewed. Uh, in modern medicine i mean some people think that if you're three four days overdue you're not fine anymore mm. or god you're, you're 37 years old your placenta is going to give out tomorrow that sort of thing and, and you know you can't fight that sort of thing so patients all these things are they're very yogi-ish if i can if i can use a word i mean they're very yogi-ish. calm right. and uh, you know and 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 smart they're just natural smart ways to look at birth so sort
0: of common sense but i guess people need to be reminded of that sometimes right or mm-hmm. I, I moms and, have all this pressure they need to be reminded to really consider themselves right
2: and that's why again goes back to choosing your entourage wisely pick a doctor that's not going to pressure you to be induced after three days past your due date I was 12 days over the due and my mantra was I will not be rushed, I will not be rushed. And lucky for me, I had a doctor that was okay with having me come in for fetal testing. Mm.
1: It's a good time to maybe reiterate what the due date actually means. Tell us. Okay. Well, the due date, the due date is uh, is a is a number that we have to have because we have to have forms that have to be filled out. You have to be able to fill out insurance forms and disability forms that have to have a due date. But ultimately a due date is the peak of a very, very flat bell-shaped curve, where only about eight percent of people actually deliver on their due date. So a due date is about ninety-two percent wrong, and anywhere from two weeks or three weeks before to two weeks after your due date is from is about two standard deviations below or above the mean. So those are all normal. So the idea that you're 41 weeks and that's not normal is is a false piece of information that you're getting. It's perfectly normal. It's just like you know some people uh, are six feet two and some people are five foot eight. All right, neither one is abnormal, and neither one is abnormally tall or abnormally short. Right, they're that's a, they're a normal range, and, and neither
0: one should get really worked up about it either.
1: The, you shouldn't get worked up about any of those things. It's it's inside the the two standard deviation, which is sort of the standard for for what's defined as normal. And so the idea that we would then push someone who's a week overdue and make start them to believe that they're abnormal is the the cause of so many fall, uh, bad. Uh, bad, not bad outcomes, but uh, stressful. uh well,
0: outcomes, traumatic, right? like yeah.
1: traumatic, as Adiola said, was it's a tra- traumatic um, way of looking at things, uh, way of having outcomes that are they're not that, that don't leave prices, a happy memory yeah, inside Sort of crisis minded, yes, yeah, right. It starts that whole cascade.
2: Doc, Dr. Fishbein, can you talk to us about Bishop scores?
1: Yeah, does anybody know what a bishop score is? I don't know. <laughs> I'm waiting for a crack for I, Randy I, I... <laughs> or something like that. No.
0: I, I, yes. What is a, a, a it's,
1: bishop score? It, a bishop score is when the the um, the team playing the Cardinals scores yeah, right. scores <laughs> first on a penalty kick. <laughs> that's right? what I thought. It and the meant, bishops right. have scored. Right? right. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking <laughs> of
0: no. Desmond Tutu when you say bishop. Right. I mean, that's what I'm thinking.
1: No. Um, a bishop score is a score that is again, it's one of these things where it's medicalized, but it's a score of. The readiness of the cervix mm-hmm. for labor and there's several cat there's five categories to a bishop score uh, If anybody's really interested I could there are they're the cervix dil- Dilation mm-hmm. effacement, which is the thinning part of it the softness uh, the position mm-hmm. Of the cervix is an anterior mid position or posterior and the station of the baby's head Mm -hmm. and I think that you know a good Bishop score is you know above six or seven or eight it's something that means that if you went into labor or if you needed to be induced it's more likely to be successful than a bad Bishop score is there a particular reason you asked the question
2: I asked this question because of the topic of inductions and so many of my students are getting pressured to be induced I have a client that's not due until Friday of this week but she's feeling so pressured that now it's, it's the, oh, strip the membranes. Let's get things going.
1: Yeah. And again, she's five days from being at the middle of her bell-shaped curve. And this is, this is what happens. Again, obviously, she didn't follow your book and pick a proper entourage <laughs> because... Yeah, uh,
0: there's a lot going a lot of stress
1: going on yes, there. But how like. do you Fair. know? How does a woman know? I mean, look, at you could have gone to this doctor for 15 years as your gynecologist, your birth control, your pap smears, your, that sort of thing. And, and so all of a sudden you're doctor. pregnant. Yeah. And, well, he's an obstetrician, too, so I'll just go to him or her. And uh, you don't know anything about them, and it's hard to know. And you can't really go up to a doctor and say, okay, so what's your C-section rate? What's your induction rate? Because you know what? A lot of doctors don't know that, and if they did if they did have a lousy one, they're not going to tell you anyway. Mm, yeah, right. It's interesting, Patricia, because
0: when you talk about having your son 10 years ago in the hospital, you had a more, as you described it, more natural childbirth In the hospital, and now you're a doula. So in 10 years from having your baby in the hospital to being a doula 10 years ago, that is quite a shift. I mean, that is really quite a change in perspective in your own mind. Do you remember a moment when you had that sort of breakthrough?
2: Yes, I do remember. I was badass in what I did. I was a contracts paralegal. I negotiated contracts. They used to call me the piranha. Oh, how nice. Yeah. I just like... (laughs) Deadlines, yeah. due dates, and in that birth that I went twenty six hours of a twenty seven hour labor, all natural. I redefined myself. I used to be, uh, can I say chicken shit? Sure. <laughs> yeah. This, you is, this is this that. is. Um, is we are not radio. on the I radio. I used to be chicken. You, you can right. I was you just chicken you shit about hospitals, and I what I learned about myself was that I am stronger than I thought I was. And when I didn't want to go back to work, I quit.
1: Oh wow! You never went back to TRW. That was it.
2: No. Oh, wow. It. So
1: where did, how did the doula stuff come in then?
2: Well, then I started, t- I mean, what else am I going to do? So I started teaching yoga and um, doing that for about seven, eight years. Moved to England for a couple years and was introduced to midwifery and doulas. And so when I moved back to America, I wanted to add something more to my yoga experience. So and, that's how doula came. And are you came. still
1: doing doula work now? Yes. Okay. And why don't you give us a little bit, maybe a website or... A, something where you're available so people can look you up
2: yes www.serenitybirth.com and i advise people to reach out to me as when they pee in the cup and find out they're pregnant i I would
1: tell you i've known patricia for several years now and i would tell you that in her presence she's very calming and it may not come across on the radio or maybe it did but it does yeah i'm just saying that it's very calming and so if you're looking for a doula and you do you have a geographical area where that you would not want to go beyond.
2: I go as north as St. Johns and Cedars and UCLA, and then as south of the South Bay.
1: So Long Beach, uh, Long that Beach, area. Okay, yeah. well, you cover quite an area then. Right. Yeah. Yes. So people want to look for a doula that she's a, a really good option because she is very calming. I have done some births with her, and I actually was invited to speak at her yoga studio uh, a year or two ago and that was a really rewarding experience for me. What did I talk about fearless pregnancy? Did you I talk did. about? Yeah, I talked about my book yeah. at at her uh, thing. So that was that was, was a great experience.
0: That's very interesting. I mean, it really is. And and I think that um it sounds to me like you were you were a mom who was sort of inclined to the idea of being persuaded into the home birth option and you said earlier if you had another baby today, if you're pregnant again, that is what you would choose and um it's really interesting. I wonder if moms have to sort of have that little kind of inkling in their mind that they might be inclined to do a home birth because to go from, you know, to have that shift right from North to South to have that really dramatic shift. And you sound like a free spirit though, going off to England. I don't know. Maybe you're a freer spirit than most. (laughs) Is that fair?
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: Right. Quitting the job, moving to England. There's a lot going on there, right? Yes. Yeah. Right.
1: (laughs) No. And I, and I think that the birth, um, evolution is something that is, is 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 remarkable because i mean so many people don't have that realization that awakening for them and mm-hmm. i and awakening. i don't know whether you're ever going mean, to i don't want to get personal whether you're going to have another baby or not but i know that if you did it would be an entirely different experience for you because you would do it differently and again this is not for everybody to make this evolution but the fact that that you experienced that that you made the leap to becoming a yoga instructor and a doula and writing a book about pregnancy not too many people have that drive to or do that such range, a thing or that range
0: really that range is you know r- really i mean it's it's really very interesting the book is called posh push modern girls reveal secrets for a more natural birth and the author is patricia grube and you can go get that book on amazon and we really thank you for coming by today. What's the website one more time?
2: www.serenitybirth.com. Okay. Why don't
1: you tell us about this?
2: And I just wanted to let you know that I just got published in Midwifery Today magazine. Oh, congratulations. An article, thank you. An article called Episiotomy Redemption.
0: That's a beautiful picture on the cover of that magazine, too. Well,
1: I'll I, I tell you that, beautiful photo. that this is an exceptional person who has taken it to this extreme and has you know is writing and blogging and doing these things. That's why I had her on, that's why I know her so well and uh, you know, for her to call me a badass it, and, and I mean that is, says
0: yeah I mean
2: They that, don't make doctors like you anymore. No, they, they actually don't. <laughs> they don't. They I don't, don't graduate By like way, that That's the
0: title for this podcast. They don't make doctors like you anymore. Uh, thank you for finding the title for Thank you for us. so much. Sometimes we stress over that. Patricia Grube, thank you so much. Dr. Stew as always, thank you. If you have You're a welcome, question Brian. for Dr. Stew, ask Dr. Stu at gmail.com. Go to iTunes, subscribe to the podcast, write a nice review, five stars please for Dr. Stew's podcast here at Dr. Stew's podcast. For Dr. Stuart Fishburne, I'm Brian Whitman. Thank you for joining us.